Hallelujah. Women of God prayed and God instructed the church to pray. But I want you to know this, and this is very, very important because the Bible talks about us praying amiss. And people don't pay attention to some of these things that the scripture talks about. And not only that, but I hate to break the negative news. And the, one of the negative news this morning is that your prayers might be your own very trap. Your prayers, your trap. That is the title. It might be your own very trap. Praise the Lord. Now, whether you are a believer or an unbeliever, this message is particularly for you. And I want you to pay very, very great attention because I know sometimes we love praying. But what you don't understand sometimes, what we're praying for may be wrong, number one. Number two, our heart conditions may be wrong while we pray. Hallelujah. Number three, the way we pray might be wrong. Number four, God might not be pleased with what we're praying for. Number five, it might not be the will of God at all. A lot of reasons as to why our prayers might be a snare to us. Praise the Lord. A trap. That is why I titled this message, Your Prayers, Your Trap. Praise the Lord. And by the way, let me let you know this. Hallelujah. I should let you know this before I proceed. I've been trusting God for a message. I've been believing God for a word as, as usual. You know, I don't just come in front of you and just speak like that. I don't do that. Because I know you are believing God for a word. You are also trusting God to give you an instruction or insight concerning your life. Or whatever you may be dealing with. Hallelujah. So personally, I've been trusting God and I've been up all night waiting and waiting. At about 2 a.m., I had to go upstairs and then make some tea and come back down, try to do some stuff. And I still didn't get a message. Till about 6 a.m., I was sitting there praying and reading and studying. I'm like, God, what is it that you want me to minister this morning? Give me a word. Praise the name of the Lord. Up till about 8.30 this morning before I got a word from the Lord. Amen. And when I got this word, I'm like, Lord, where am I going with this? What are you trying to say? Praise the Lord. And so this message is not for me to come after you or hurting you or trying to point out your weaknesses or whatever the case might be. But this message is to help you. Usually when God speaks to his people, he did speak to them to terrify them, to destroy them. Because God is not like that. You, you cannot contend with God. So obviously God is not coming after you to contend with you. No. Praise the Lord. Whenever God speaks, it's for you to have a clear understanding, a clear sense of direction. It's for you to know his will. It's for your own good. Praise the name of the Lord. And that is what is going to happen this morning. Your prayers, your trap. Praise the Lord. So as I said, this message is for everyone, whether you are a believer or an unbeliever. And as we go through, you will discover yourself by the special grace of God. Now to start with, the Bible says in the book of Psalm 24, let's take it from there. Let's lay up some foundation. Psalm 24, that the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, and even everything that dwells in it. Praise the Lord. So, in other words, everything is owned by God. Everything belongs to God. Psalm 24, from verse 1, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the word and they that dwell therein. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. For he had founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Hallelujah. The Bible says the earth belongs to God. Everything that is in it, including the people, hallelujah, and all the belongings of the earth, everything belongs to God. Everything, including myself. I do not own myself. God owned me. You do not own yourself. God owned you. 
some of us may be a little bit arrogant and prideful to say oh it's my life i live my life i do what i want to do i go where i want to go no he just gave you free will to use his life you are living a borrowed life the life belongs to god and yet because of his love and his, his integrity as god his faithfulness he gave you his life but he gives you also the free will to use his life but at the end you'll be accountable so the bible says the earth itself is the lord and the fullness thereof the world and they that dwell therein so i want you to know that everything belongs to god that is the first thing i want to point out everything upon the face of the earth i don't care who, who invite invented it i don't care who created or designed it everything was designed from what god created praise the lord so you yourself including everything belongs to god hallelujah now the reason why i'm pointing this out is because of where i'm dragging you to this morning praise the lord because we will have to come back to this particular account praise the lord in psalm 24. now when the bible says the earth is the lord and the fullness thereof it means that god is the owner god is the creator he is the divine architect of everything and every life every living organism whether animate or inanimate object everything belongs to god including satan himself and all the demons that are paramilating all over and causing trouble god own everything praise the name of the lord but it didn't stop there in as much as god own everything he wants us to enjoy everything he gave us dominion over everything praise the name of the lord god wants us to enjoy the earth in fact the bible says the earth is for all it's for the benefit of all the bible also said that the kings themselves they eat from it so everyone created that is existing upon the face of this earth must enjoy their life life ought not to be a burden you must enjoy living this life you must enjoy living on earth and you must life itself must be a pleasure to you that god gave you an opportunity to live his life out of your own free will to glorify him praise the lord so you and i have this privilege to live a life of luxury according to the will of god here on earth praise the lord that is why the bible says in the book of second corinthians chapter 1 verse 20 second corinthians chapter 1 verse 20 it says all the promises of god are yea and amen in christ jesus i must say that again all not some all the promises all that god has promised us as individuals as believers as a nation as a church praise the lord all of them they are yea and amen only in christ jesus so in other words the promises of god number one are true they are faithful god listen to this now the promises of god there's no way god will say no to you because you are not the one that made the promises he was the one that made all those promises and so whatever he had promised the bible says he will never fail so they will surely come to pass praise the name of the lord the bible says forever oh lord thy word is settled so all the promises of god they are yes no negotiation about it you don't need to cut corners you don't need to manipulate you don't need to do otherwise they are true and they are amen praise the lord hallelujah but they are amen and they are true in christ jesus so outside of christ jesus then there's a question mark but in christ jesus they are yea and they are amen because why this promises came and fulfilled through the lord jesus himself hallelujah it didn't stop there the bible also says in the book of first john chapter 5 verse number 14 that if we ask anything according to the will of god he heareth us 
If we ask anything according to the will of God, he heareth us. Please pay attention. We're going somewhere very deep. Praise the Lord. Now, God is more than enough. In fact, even in the New Testament, the Bible says, Now unto him that is God, that is able to do what? Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we may ask or think. Praise the name of the Lord. So what I've just revealed to you right now is that God is a good God. He's a faithful God. He's a loving God. The Bible also says, ask, you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened unto you. All of these are the perfect will of God. So God made provisions for you, number one. God made promises to you, number two. Praise the Lord. And God, he, he listened to this. He, he found the provisions and the promises of God are beyond your comprehension. They are beyond what you can handle. They are more than enough. Praise the name of the Lord. The provision and the, 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 the promises of God are a clear manifestation of the attributes of God himself. They are a revelation of the power of God himself. Praise the Lord. The, the Bible says in, in Christ everything is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. Provision is sufficient. His power is sufficient. There's nothing lacking, nothing missing in Christ Jesus. So he gave us promises and he gave us, he gave us what? Provision. Praise the Lord. Inasmuch as he owned everything, the Bible says, for behold, I have given unto you power to together upon serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy. Not only that, in Genesis, the Bible says that God gave man what? Dominion over everything that is upon the face of the earth. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, take note, take note. With all of this in mind, you may want to ask yourself, Pastor, why did you title this message, Your Prayer, Your Trap? Your Prayers, Your Trap. It is because, take note now, with all that God has done for us, with all the provision that God has made, with all the promises that he had given unto us, by right, according to God's word, you and I are supposed to live a fruitful and a fulfilled life according to God's own standard. I'll repeat myself again. You and I were supposed, it is eminent that we should live a fruitful and a fulfilled life according to God's own standard. Praise the Lord. But what we do most times, whether you are a believer or an unbeliever, take note of this now. What we do most times, instead of living this life according to God's own provision, according to God's own promises, according to God's own system, according to God's own principle, according to God's own word, according to God's own structure, we move away from God's will, we move away from God's promises, we move away and we are doing what we want to do, that's number one. Number two, we are doing what the world wants us to do, that's number two. And then number three, we are doing what the devil wants to do. I must say that again. Instead of living our life according to all that God has provided for us and all that God has promised us, we move away from that. We want to live our lives the way we want to. We want to live our life the way the devil wants to. We want to live our life the way the devil wants to and the way the world wants us to live our life. And God looks at us and says, look at this now. With all that I have done, with all that I have given you, with all the opportunities, with all the privileges that you have, you're still straying away. Remember the Bible says that God is a jealous God. We serve a God that the Bible refers to as a jealous God. That is why if you look at the Ten Commandments according to the book of Exodus 20, the very first ten has to do with God. Praise the Lord. And that, I mean, the very first five has to do with God. And those very first five actually reveal the jealousy of God upon our lives. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 
Praise the Lord. And then the other five has to do with your fellow man. Hallelujah. Now, as we serve God as a jealous God, listen to this now. He's jealous. Why? Because he doesn't want us to allow anything to take his place in our lives. He doesn't want us to allow anything to take his place in our lives. And that is some of the things that we've been doing. We allow things. We allow situation. We allow circumstances. We allow our needs to take the place of God in our lives. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And sometimes we do it consciously and sometimes we do it unconsciously. Praise the name of the Lord. Another thing that God doesn't want us to do is to have consciousness of things above him. You have consciousness of things above God. Praise the name of the Lord. Maybe you are that individual. You are more conscious about your house more than God. You are more conscious about money more than God. You are more conscious about material things more than God. You are more conscious about your wife more than God. You are more conscious about your children more than God. You are more conscious about your business, your investment more than God. You are not even conscious about the miracle that God will do for you more than God himself. God doesn't want anything between us, the relationship between himself and us, because he's a jealous God, and he doesn't want us to put anything before him. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. He doesn't want anything between us. He doesn't want us to put anything before him. Praise the Lord. The Bible says he is a jealous God. He doesn't want us to take anything above him. Am I making sense now? Now, when you look at this carefully, you also discover, take note now, that as believers... God love and care for us so much that he could do whatever it takes just to please you. I'm saying the truth. God can do whatever it takes to please you. The Bible says something in the book of Romans chapter 8. Whenever I read that particular verse, I'm like, wow. It says, God who spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How can he not also freely give us all things? Can you imagine that? If God could not spare himself when he came on earth as human, as Jesus Christ, but he put his life on the line, is there any other thing else that God could not give or he could not do? Nothing. The greatest thing that any man will give to you is his life, not even money. If a person can put his life on the line for you, that person really, really, truly loves you because that is the all in all that he has. Praise the name of the Lord. Many are afraid of obeying and allowing God to fulfill his promises. Why? Because they don't understand the operations of God. They don't understand the way God functions or the way God operates. Praise the name of the Lord. And let me say this to you. The promises of God, as I said, they are yea and amen. But if you look at each and every promise of God, there are principles, there are rules, there are regulations, there are conditions that follow those promises. Praise the name of the Lord. And there are processes that you and I will have to go through. There are processes, channels to which that we have to go through. But many believers today are afraid of God's process. Take note now, we're getting deeper. Many prefer the miracle instead of the process. Hallelujah. Many try to skip away the process of God and go after the miracle. Now the Bible says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. Many don't want to go through that ask and seek and knock. All that they want to is just to receive. Praise the name of the Lord. There are no promises in the Bible without a principle, without a condition, without rules or regulation. Because God wants you to understand the reason why he's doing what he's doing. Praise the name of the Lord. 
It says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thy heart, thou shalt be saved. So you don't just go and jump out and say, I'm saved. No, you have to confess. You have to believe in thy heart. Then the Bible says, with confessions, with the heart man believeth, but with the confession, salvation is made. Uh, 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 you, 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 you're going to be, be saved. Why? Because that is the process, that is the pattern to which God has set up for you and I to get saved. Praise the name of the Lord. So many are afraid of the process, so they tend to skip the process and go in for the miracle, go in for the solution, go in for the answer. Now take note of this now, very important. God's process is a means of training you. Anytime God brings about a process, it's for your good. It's to train you, number one. It's to cause you to be matured. Hallelujah. Number two. Number three is to empower you so that whatever miracle, whatever blessing, whatever you will receive from God, you'll be able to maintain that thing. I must go over it again. The reason for the process of God, the reason for the system of God, the reason for the principles and all the instructions and standards behind the promises of God, they are meant for you to be trained, to be matured, to be empowered, so that whatever you receive from God, you'll be able to maintain that thing. Praise the Lord. But many Christians want a miracle that they cannot maintain. They want a miracle. They want God to intervene. They want God to bring them an answer that they themselves cannot attain to. And this is where two things comes in. You may have heard about this. The permissive will of God and the perfect will of God. Praise the Lord. So sometimes people want from God not even expecting the perfect will of God. They don't care about God's intention. All that they want is to receive from God. God you give me and uh, that's all. That's it. Now take note. When we talk about the permissive will of God, it means that it is not actually the will of God. Take note now, very deep. It is not actually the will of God, but because it is what you want, God says, okay, you can have it. And that is the biggest problem that many believers are facing today in the body of Christ. That is the permissive will of God. The perfect will of God is what God himself wants for you. God intended for you and God says, this is it. This is what I want. And this is, even though you have your own free will, you have a choice to make, but I have seen ahead of you. Because the Bible says he knows the end from the beginning. So if you are looking out to marry to a husband and God is saying, this is the man that you should marry. If you follow that perfect will of God, you will live a peaceful life. You have an excellent marriage. Praise the Lord. But if you have the one that you say, God... I don't care about what you want, what you don't want. This is what I want. And God, I bring this man to you or I bring this woman to you and I'm going to marry him or I'm going to marry her and God, you bless the marriage. God says no. You come again and say, but God, that is what I want. But God, that is my uh, a decision. That is what I've decided. God says, okay, if that is what you want, my son, my daughter, go ahead. Now that is the trap. That is why I said your prayer and your trap. Or your prayer is your trap. Now, take note of this now. Many Christians have been destroyed because of this particular issue. Many believers had wrecked their destiny. They've hindered themselves. Why? Because take note of this now. Instead of coming to God, according to what Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, right? Lean not unto thine own understanding, right? It says, in all thy ways, not some, not few, but in all thy ways, the Bible says, acknowledge him and he shall do what? He shall direct thy path. But what we normally do is that 
we don't acknowledge God, we don't trust him, we don't believe on his instruction, we don't give him opportunity to direct us. In fact, what we do is that we bring our ways, we bring our will, we bring our desires to God and say, God, you must answer. Praise the Lord. And what we fail to realize is that we're limited. Limited in knowledge, limited um, in many things. There are certain things that you don't know that God knows, of course, you know that. And as a result, there are things that God has seen ahead in the future. He may have stopped you and said no. But you said that is what I want. We've seen that in the lives of many young people. They made up their mind to travel to go to a place that God never told them to go to. But they came and then they prayed, Lord, God says no the first time. They come again. God says, okay, go. And they go there. Some have lost their marriage. Go there. They lost their life. They lost their calling. They lost everything. And they come back frustrated, demoralized, and damaged, destroyed by the enemy. And say, but God, you gave me an instruction. God says, I just respond to your prayers. Praise the name of the Lord. This message is deep this morning. Please position yourself. A lot of things I'm going to say to you that will shock you this morning. Hallelujah. We as believers, we ought to know the difference between God's own will, God's own decision, and that of our own will and our decisions. Now, very vital, very important. You have a decision to make concerning your life that God will not make. The, take, for instance, God will not tell you, go get up and go brush your teeth. God will not tell you, go take a shower or go and eat. No, those are, those are just natural things that you ought to know. I mean, God doesn't have time for that. You understand me? Praise the Lord. Now, but any vital decision that you're going to make that will govern your life, anything that will govern, that is to control your life, your marriage will govern your life, I'm telling you. Your decision to travel, that thing will govern your life because you can travel to a place that is not the will of God for you. The decision that you're going to make to buy a house in a particular location, that thing can govern your life. Praise the name of the Lord. So anything that you know that this is a vital decision that I'm going to make and it's going to govern my life, I'm going to live by this decision because take note, your decision determines your destination. So whatever you are going to do that you know that this decision is going to affect my life, it's going to affect my family, it's going to affect my marriage, it's going to affect my relationship with God, you go first to God and consult God about that. What did I say? You go first to God, consult God about that first. Don't you ever make a decision in this life and then you take that decision to God. That's a big, big mistake we've made. Sometimes. You made the decision already. You decided, oh, you're going to buy the house. You look at the house. You say you like it. And then everything in the house is, oh, that is the one that I want. And then after you come to God and say, but God, bless this house. God says, ah, you don't know who owned the house before. You don't know what they laid under as a foundation. You don't know what is going under the house. Not until you get to that house, you begin to see some mysterious things that are beginning to happen to you and your family. And then you run back to God, you are praying. And God says, you never consulted me before making that decision. It was after you made the decision, you involved me to bless you and to help you in that. Now pay attention. I will show you some scriptures this morning that will shock you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. So sometimes consciously or unconsciously, we break the principles of God. We jump out of God's own structure. We ignore the word of God. Why? Because we want our own will to be done. We want it to be done in our own way. 
And let me say this to you. Anytime you do these things, take note now. Anytime you do things like this, you know what you are showing? Three things. Number one, you are showing a, a level of dishonor and disrespect to God. Anytime you make a decision first before you come to God, you are showing a level of dishonor and disrespect to God. Praise the name of the Lord. Number two, you are showing God that you believe in yourself more than you believe in him. You are showing God that you believe in yourself more than you believe in him. Number three, number three, you are telling God that you, you, um, you trust others and you don't trust him. Oh, my friend says, oh, my, 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 my husband says, oh, my wife says, most of the time women are victims in this particular area. They make decisions based on what they were discussing at their places of work. You know women talk among themselves. Oh, but you know, I, I bought a car and the car is this and that. You should, you should try to and go get your own. Let your husband buy your own car. Maybe the same brand like mine. At least you look alike. And you, know, you don't even have time to ask God, is this your will? Easily moved by the opinion and the suggestion of your friends. After they've discussed, they made the plan for you. They construct your life for you. Then you take that plan and bring it to God and say, but God bless me. And these are some of the reasons why some prayers, you see, God don't answer to some prayers, not because he's a wicked God, but because he's trying to protect you. He's trying to, to sort of like stop you from getting into the gallow. Your prayer, your trap. Lord, you must give me this house. Look at my neighbors. In fact, my workmate just bought the same on the same the same block. Lord God, Ricalado. Yeah, God says, shut up. You know where they got the money from. God, you must bless me. God, you must bless me. God, you must bless me. God says, stop it. In that environment, something is about to happen that you don't know. I've seen ahead. I know the end from the beginning. But if you choose that you're going to go there, you can have your way. So you forced your husband, he went and took the loan and then got the mortgage and then they bought the house. And then a few weeks after, you realize that your children are beginning to involve in some negative things that sort of like has been going on within that community. And now you begin to bind in and losing and chasing the devil. And God is saying, you didn't know where you were heading to. I knew it ahead of time. I stopped you, but you forced your way through it. And now you have to pay the price. So sometimes we trust others and we despise God. Sometimes, take note of this now. Hmm. When we do that, it is a sign of trusting in yourself more than you trust God. And also when we do that, it's a sign that you assume that you know better than God. And that's a huge problem. Now remember all the scriptures that I gave you from the beginning. We're going to go deeper now. Let me just reiterate a few of them. The earth is the Lord, the fullness thereof, Psalm 24, verse 1. We look at the book of um, 2 Corinthians, chapter 1, verse 20, that all the promises of God, they are here. And amen. We look at 1 John, chapter 5, verse 14, that says that if we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. The Bible says unto him that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we may ask or think. I talked about God giving us promises, hallelujah, and provisions. Now, take note of this now. I'm using myself as a example now let me say you go to my house it, it's the, the house belongs to me i owned everything that is in your house but you go there you go there with your husband and your wife and then maybe your children and everything and then 
imagine you want to use something that belongs to me in that house are you going to ask your husband are you going to ask your wife are you going to ask your children or are you going to ask me why are you going to ask me because that belongs to me the house is mine and everything that is in there belongs to me right if you go even though your husband is your husband but if you go and ask your husband your husband say go and use it or go do it and then i am the owner you didn't consult me trust me i'll be mad at you why because it's my house everything that belongs to uh to me belongs to me not to you not to your husband and everything that is within that that jurisdiction is under my control now sometimes these are the mistakes that we make the earth is the lord everything belongs to god but instead of consulting god first you consult your husband Sometimes you consult your wife. Sometimes you consult your friends. Sometimes your children. Even sometimes you come to your pastor. And you don't go to God at all, at all, at all. Praise the Lord. Now this is a very dangerous ground. Because sometimes what we're, trust, uh, we're trusting God or believing God for that, that God must answer might not be the will of God. You are praying for that which will destroy you in time to come. You are praying for that which is going to hurt you in time to come. And so what we do in this regard, we're practicing idolatry unconsciously. That's number one. We're practicing dishonor to God. Hallelujah. Disrespect unto God. I'll give you an example now. Let's go to the text. First Samuel. Let's start with the text. First Samuel. Praise the Lord. I hope I'm making sense to you this morning. Your prayer, your trap. First Samuel chapter number eight. Let's look at that. For Samuel chapter 8. Your prayer can be your trap. Are we there? For Samuel chapter 8. Are we there? Hmm. These are the children of Israel. God's own people. Look at it. I will be reading from verse 1. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Are we ready? And it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judge over Israel. Now the name of the firstborn was Joah. And the name of the second Abion. They were judged in, Beche in Beersheba. Verse 3. And his sons walked not in his ways. But turned aside after lure. And took bribes. And perverted judgment. Take note. Take note. Very important. Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together. And came to Samuel and to Ramah. And said unto him. Behold thou art old. And thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like. Take note why. To judge us like all the nations. Do you see that there? You see that there in verse 5 right? That was their intention. We want to be like what? All the nations. And the thing displeased Samuel. Praise the Lord. When they said give us a king to judge us. And Samuel, look at this, he prayed unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Samuel, hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee. For they have, look at this now, this is dangerous. Who were they speaking to? They were speaking unto who? To Samuel, not to God. Now Samuel took the matter to God and he prayed to God. Now when Samuel prayed to God, look at the response that was coming from Almighty God. Take note, very dangerous. This is coming from Almighty God. This is coming from who? I must say it again. This is coming from who? No, I'm not talking about an idol. I'm talking about almighty God himself. I'm going to show you some dangerous thing that will come to God today concerning the prayers that you are praying. Terrible thing that will come from God, you won't believe. 
That is why I said your prayer, your trap. You must be very careful. Now look at it. And the Lord said unto Samuel, hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee. Why? 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 For they have not rejected thee, Samuel. It is not your problem. This has been my problem. You are not the leader. I am their leader. I am their God. I am their head. Theocracy is the governance of the day. In other words, I lead them. I own these people. Israel is mine. But if Israel doesn't want me anymore, they're not against you. They're against me. Praise the Lord. So you see God's own perception is different from Samuel. You see that? You see how dangerous it is? He said, they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me that I should not reign over them. Don't forget that word. Don't forget that particular word throughout this message. God said that the people have rejected him, that he should not reign over them. Now, take note, every time you make a decision before consulting God, that is your decision that you are revealing to God that he should not what? Reign over you. Did you get it now? Uh-huh. I, I told you, brace yourself, we're going somewhere. Am I making sense to you? Anytime you want to do something very, 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 very important, anything that is lasting, any decision that will govern your life, and you don't consult God first, you make a decision and you bring that decision to God. You know what you have revealed? You have revealed to God that you don't want him to govern over you. To reign over you. Verse 8. According to all the works which they have done. Since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt. Even unto this day wherewith. They have forsaken me. You see how God see it. The way Samuel actually saw this thing. It was like oh these people are making a mistake. But the way God saw it. It was completely terrible. Worse than. God's own perception was even fierce. And fearful than Samuel's. Praise the Lord. So God is saying, he says, now therefore, acting unto their voice, how beat, yet protest solemnly unto them. He says, go and talk to them solemnly and show them the manner of the king that I shall, that shall reign over them. And Samuel told all the words of the, of the Lord unto the people that acts of him a king. And he said, this will be the manner of the king that shall reign over thee. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself. In other words, he is going to take your children as slaves. Hallelujah. For his chariot and to be his horsemen and some shall, be, shall, shall run before his chariot. Can you imagine that? And he will appoint him captains over thousands and captains over fifties and will set them to hear his ground and to reap his harvest. And to make his instrument of war, an instrument of his chariot. And he will take note of this. He will take your daughters and be confectionaries. Hallelujah. He will take your daughters to be confectionaries. Hallelujah. And to be cooks. Wow. And to be bankers. Praise the Lord. And he will take your field and your vineyard and your oliveyard and the beast of them and give them to his servants. And he will take the tent of your seed and of your vineyard and give them to his officers and to his servant. And he will take, take note now, he will take your men servant and your maiden servant and your goodies and, and, uh, and your goodies and sorry and your goodies young men and your asses and puts 
to his work and put them to his work and he will take the tent of the sheep and ye shall be of his servant hallelujah and ye shall look at this now verse 18 says ye shall cry out or you shall cry out in that day because your king which ye have chosen you hallelujah which ye shall chosen you hallelujah the bible says and the lord will not hear you in that day wow this is fearful nevertheless take note of this now verse 19 can we all read together after two go nevertheless the people what refused to obey the voice of samuel and they said nay but we will have a king over us sister bonus you sister bonus praise the lord he says we will have a king over us why verse 20 that we shall may that we also may be like all the nations you see they want to be like all the nations and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles wow what happened to this god who had fought all the battles over the years what happened with or to almighty god who had been before them ahead of them destroyed their enemies divided the red sea provided manna from above and he had fed them through and through and brought them to this land of promise now what happened to him you know what they were saying directly and indirectly we don't want god anymore and samuel heard all the and samuel heard all the words of the people and he re he rest he asked them in the er shall the man went and told god exactly what they said and the Lord said unto Samuel, hearken unto thy voice, praise the Lord, and make them a king. And Samuel said unto the men of Israel, go ye every man unto his city. And that was how Saul came in as a leader. If you look chapter 9, when you look at chapter 9, you see how God decided to pick Saul. Very tall, big guy, gigantic that would beat them up. When this guy came, in fact, you know what Saul did? Saul did worse than what God said he was going to do. Praise the Lord. Now, what do we see here? These people were praying for what they could not handle. So their prayer was a trap for them. Whatever they were asking God for was a trap for them. Whatever they were trusting God for was, was a snare. Now, pay attention, please. As I said before, brace yourself. We're going to go deeper now. The first thing we see here was a rejection of God. Hallelujah. The next thing that we'll see here was that they are propagating their will above the will of God. God, you see, Samuel went and prayed. God told them exactly what's going to happen. They don't care. They said, we want to be what? Like the other nations. And that is the problem of our world. You want to be a child of God, you want to be part of the world at the same time. You want to be a child of God, you want to dress like an unbeliever, like a prostitute, like a gangster, like an ungodly man or woman. You want to be a child of God, but yet you want to live like the world. You want to walk in righteousness and at the same time you want to live in sin. You want to come and shout hallelujah, praise the Lord, and at the same time you go back to nightclub. You want to come and take communion, but then at the same time you go home and drink alcohol and smoke weed or whatever. You want to come and shout and say in the name of Jesus and even speak in tongues and sing in the choir. But you can go home and fight and curse and do all sorts of things. You know what you are doing? You are, you, are, you, are, you are setting yourself up for your own destruction. 
So we see this is happening in the New Testament church right now, in the body of Christ. People will come to church and they will be praying, God, you must bless me. God, you must provide. Oh, God, you must do A. Oh, God, you must do B. What they don't know is that because they are rebels, because they are very disobedient. In fact, the Bible says the prayer of the ungodly is an abomination, abomination unto the Lord. They don't know that the best they could do, the best prayer they, they're supposed to do was the prayer of repentance. But if they come and demand from God, God will give them according to their desire. And that thing will damage them. And I'm going to show you a lot of that tonight, this morning. So they cried unto the Lord. And then the Bible said they called on Samuel and said, We need a king. We don't care about God. We're tired of him. We're tired of his theocratic rule. We don't want him anymore. We don't want him anymore. We don't want him anymore. And that is what is going on today. Anything that is godly, people don't want it anymore. Prayer. Mm -mm. You spend more time online. Listen to all kinds of junk and filthy and deceitful and godly thing, abominable thing, and you're laughing. But you can't spend 10 minutes in prayer on your knees. You can go for a barbecue, go for a community gathering. You can hang out for five, six, seven, eight hours. You're not nodding, you're not tired, but you come to church, you're sleeping, you're exhausted. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't feel. In fact, some of you don't want to come because you're not comfortable. You don't feel comfortable. You have honor, you have respect for the things of the world above God. They decided that. No, God, you cannot rule over. Look at this. The Bible says, God said to them that they have not rejected you. They have rejected me that I should not reign over them. God wanted, listen, when you accepted Jesus Christ, it's not just, oh, Jesus come into my life, that's all. No. He said, be my Lord and my Savior. So if Jesus is your Lord, he's supposed to control. If Jesus is your Lord, he's supposed to have his way. If Jesus is your Lord, he's supposed to rule over you. I don't worship as they get this much more. They understand this better. I'm telling you, I don't worship us. When they know that their life is on the line, huh? if they tell them you should not wear white clothes until you die, they will never try it. In fact, if they see somebody coming with white, they will be walking the other way. Why? Because their idol already told them that the day they put on white clothes, they will die. They will obey that law. But look at the child of God. In fact, the day they hear the pastor say, don't do it, they are, get, they, they are getting angry at the pastor. They are mad at the pastor. They are mad at God. God warned them. God told them. God instructed them in letting them know that if you are going to go through this, this is what you're going to get. Not because that God is a wicked God, but he had foreknowledge. He knew what's going to be the end. You want to marry to that woman. You want to marry that man. And God is saying, no, you have a check in the spirit. But you still kick against it. You're going ahead. Say, whatever. She's pretty. I'm dying for her, whatever the case. Oh, I like the guy. It doesn't matter what you will say. Oh, me, I'm ready for this marriage. At my age, I can't wait for anyone to delay me. In fact, I'm going with this guy. For better, for worse, I will. You don't know. The, the wedding is just one day. But marriage is going to last forever. If he's not the man that you are ready and willing to yield yourself to, if you know what marriage entails, uh, when you see it, you'll be scared. Because some people are not going to make heaven. Not because of any other thing, but because of the kind of person they married. Because of the kind of person they married, they won't make heaven. Because that person will not allow them to live for God. That person will not allow them to serve God. You, know, you don't know the heart of the man. You don't know the heart of the woman. And God who had knowledge of everything says that is not the person. That man is not the man. Or that woman is not the woman. You say, God, I don't care, whatever. 
We like ourselves. Yeah. Liking. We love ourselves. Loving. Your liking and your loving is not the will of God. Uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. What is so important in this account is in verse 7, like we said. God said, you see, God already between the lines. He already told him, told Samuel what the problem. He said, the problem is that they don't want me to reign over them. And when you look down, the Bible says in verse 19 and verse 20, after Samuel explained himself to God, explained what's going to be the outcome, they said they don't care. They just want to be like other nations. So exactly what God told Samuel, the people are confirming everything. We don't want him anymore. We want a king over us. So the problem was nothing else but God. So to them, God was the problem. And this is the community and the world in which we live in, the Western culture. God is the problem. People don't want God to tell them what to do. don't want God to control them. But these very same people, when they get choked, when there is trouble, they will come to God and say, God, give me. God, give me. God, help. But let me tell you how terrible that is. Your prayer can be a trap. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. They don't care about God. They don't have no respect for God. They don't love God. But they want what God will offer. Praise the name of the Lord. A very dangerous ground. Now, look at, look at Jeremiah, please. Look at Jeremiah. Let me show you another, another account. Jeremiah. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Chapter 4, verse 5 to verse number 10. Jeremiah chapter 4. Thank you, Lord. I hope I'm making sense to you this morning by the grace of God. Are we there? You say, but I prayed. You were praying the wrong prayers. Are we there? Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 5 to verse 10. Hmm. Are we ready? Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 5 to 10. Circumcise yourself to the Lord and take away the foreskin of your heart. You see that? He's talking about your heart condition, which is wrong. Ye men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my fury, look at God is speaking now, lest my anger, that is my fury, come forth like fire and burn that none can quench it. God is saying, my fire will come and will burn you that nobody is going to put that fire out. You will not be able to quench it. Why? There is a reason. Look at the reason. The reason is because of the evil of your doings. Verse 5. Declare ye in Judah and publish in Jerusalem and say, Blow ye the trumpet in the land. Cry, gather together and say, Assemble yourself and let us go into the defense city. Okay, you're running away. Okay, fine. Instead of repenting, instead they are gathering to run away. Praise the Lord. Set up the standard towards Zion. Retire. Stay not. Praise God. Look at this. It says, for I will bring evil. Look at God is speaking now. God is saying what? What is he going to do? He's going to bring evil from the north and a great destruction. Praise the Lord. Verse 7. He said, the lion is come up from his thicket. Hallelujah. And the destroyer of the Gentiles is on his way. He is gone forth from his place to make thy land desolate and thy cities shall be laid waste without an inhabitant. Verse 8. For this God you with sackcloth, God is telling them what to do now. Lament and howl for the fierce anger of the Lord is not turned back from us. Hallelujah. And it shall come to pass at that day 
said the Lord that the hurt of the king shall what shall perish and the hurt of the princes and of the priest shall be astonished and the prophet shall wonder can you imagine that they said I ha Lord God surely thou hast greatly what look at this look at this can you read that can we read that together they will say what ah Lord God thou has what greatly deceived these people and Jerusalem saying ye shall have peace whereas the sword reacheth unto the soul now pay attention very deep they will say the Lord has deceived us because there were prophecies that were coming Thus said the Lord, thus said the Lord, thus said the Lord. Oh, there will be peace. Oh, there will be okay. Hey, you'll be fine. Everything will be fine. Don't worry. Hmm. Now, let me tell you this. What is dangerous? What is dangerous is this. If God knows that your heart is hardened and that is what you want, he will give it to you. Let me show you, let me show you one scripture that, that is going to shock you. It's just, it's just exactly like this issue that happened now. These people's hearts were rebellious. They were disobedient. They were always against God. And God's judgment was coming now after them. Now at this particular time, even when God's judgment, before the judgment came, there were prophecies that were coming. But they were not going to the, the, the genuine men of God to ask for what's going to happen. They were not seeking after sincere answer. They don't want to hear from God. In fact, they were going to false prophets to prophesy for them. And those false prophets, God was even giving them a word for them. Can you imagine that? So they were saying, Toss here the Lord. Oh, it shall be well. Toss here the Lord. You shall prosper. Toss here the Lord. Oh, you shall succeed. Toss here the Lord. Oh, you will make it. Toss here the Lord. You are going to be fine. But what they don't even know is that God was giving them what they want to hear. Was God the one behind it? Yes. God was saying, I will give you according to the condition of your heart. And eventually the wrath of God comes upon them. Numbers chapter 14 verse 28. Numbers 14, 28. Your prayers, your trap. Numbers 14. Look at this very fearful verse. So sometimes when you are praying, be very careful because that prayer can even be a, a snare to your own very life. Don't go to God and pray anyhow when you know you are a rebel. Don't go to God and pray anyhow when you know you are disobedient. Don't go to God and pray anyhow when you know you are living in sin. Don't go to God and pray anyhow when you do you don't have fear for God. Don't go to God and pray anyhow when you know you don't respect him. Don't go and pray anyhow when you know you are disobedient to the word of God. It's going to affect you. The only prayer you ought to pray is the prayer of mercy and forgiveness. Praise the Lord. And look at Numbers chapter 14 verse 28. Numbers 14. These are messages that you don't hear anymore. And people don't want to preach like this anymore. Take it verse uh, 27 to 28. Numbers chapter 14. Are we there? 27, 28. Hallelujah. In fact, let's, let's take it from verse 26. From verse 26. These people were so rebellious. And look at what God said. And the Lord spake unto Moses and, and, and unto Aaron saying, How long shall I, shall I bear with this evil congregation which murmur against me? You see, they are murmuring against God. Talking about God, complaining about God, but yet they believe God for God to intervene in their situation. Who do you think God is to you? Go, let's go to church. Oh no, I'm not religious. I don't care about God. But now that you heard that your, your child is dying of cancer, you're running to God. That's why the prayer doesn't work. Some people will say, oh, God is a merciful God. You are a joker. The Bible says he will show mercy to who he wants to show mercy. He will forgive who he wants to forgive. Are you in the heart of that brother or that sister? 
When they were committing their sin, when they were rebelling against God, when they were cursing God, were you there? You were not there. He said, oh, God is a merciful God. God is saying, not for this one. I know his heart. I know he's a rebel. I know he's disobedient. I know the only time that he prays is when there is a problem. So let that problem stay until he's okay. And sometimes we as pastors, we act in a foolish way too. Because we try to show love and care and concern. Hey, sis, I'm so sorry for what you are going through. And by the grace of God, I'm going to pray now. If I be a man of God, your condition will change. God is saying, Pastor, shut up. If I be a man of God, as I speak to this situation now, oh, mountain, move. God is saying, I'm not moving nothing. If you don't move, I'll move you too. Or you shut up and get out of my way. Now look at this. Look at this. Pay attention to this now. It says, how long shall I bear with this evil congregation? Which murmur against me? I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel, which they murmur against me. Verse 28. Say unto them. Look at this now. God is angry. God is angry. God is what? Now look at what happened when God got angry. Wow. When God got angry, it's a dangerous thing to see. Look at it. God says, say unto them, as truly as I live, said the Lord. He didn't come and say, I will kill you. Did you see that there? Did God say, I will open the ground and dump you inside? No. But look at what he is going to do when he's angry. He says, say unto them, as truly as I live, say the Lord, who as ye have spoken in my ears. You see how dangerous it is? As he has spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. God is stopping you from buying that car. Because God knows that there is a demon that is representing that car. I'm just giving an example. That if you drive that car within the next three months, you're going to go into an accident and you're going to die. But because it's the same car that your neighbor is driving, out of jealousy, covetousness, you want the car. And you go to the parking lot and you go there and to the dealer, you say, it's the same car that I want with different color. I'll teach them a lesson. God says, my son, don't do this. There is a death sentence that has already been on, on this car. A demon that is in operation. God, he closed your income, closed everything, makes things hard for you to even be able to buy the car, but yet you still force your way and you got the car. And God says, now that you got the car, fine. You pay for it. Praise the Lord. Now the trouble is coming and you have to suffer it. Now look at this verse. It says, as truly as I live and fear the Lord, whatever you have spoken in my ears, they used to speak in the ears of God. God says no. They used to speak in the ears of God and God says I will not allow you. Why? I'm trying to protect you. I have seen things that you don't see. I know things that you don't know. I'm the God of all flesh. I know the end from the beginning. These people that you are affiliating yourself with, they will damage your life. They will destroy your business. They will wreck your marriage. Don't join them. Don't go with them. Separate yourself. You say, but God, I like them. They are nice. They, in your eyes, they seem nice, but they are all witches and wizards that you don't know. And God says, I know what you don't know. says, just, I mean, disassociate yourself from them. Don't join them. But you decided you're going to join them. And you know what happened? God says, well and good. He says, as truly as I live and say the Lord, whatsoever you speak or you have spoken in my ears, God says what? So will I do to you. Hey! In other words, if you speak death, you will die. You will speak sickness, you are going to be sick. Anything that comes out of your mouth now, I'll do it. I'll teach you a lesson. 
When God got angry, trust me, it's best for your wife to be angry at you or your husband or your boss. God will stand in the gap and finish the matter. But when God got angry with you, even your prayer becomes an abomination unto the Lord. So, God, in other words, he said, whatever you are praying about now, and you know very well that this is wrong. I have told you not to do it. And I have been warning you about it. But you still want to do it. And you are praying about it. He says, I will answer you. I'm ready. Let's go ahead. Praise the Lord. God is saying, yes, you want to put your money there. I told you no. And you say you want to. God says, go ahead. That is the what? The permissive will. God is saying, let's do it. Now you put your money there, not just the money that will go, your life might even also go away if you're not careful. Your prayer, your what? Your trap. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Ezekiel chapter 33. Let's see another one. Maybe you think I'm just making a few verses. No, it's all over your Bible. Ezekiel 33. Onto the New Testament is there. You know your heart is not right. Your ways are not right. But you are forcing God to do certain things. God is saying, who do you think you are? Let me show you. You will see. Ah, today is not a loving message. Not a nice one. See, ah, this pastor is hard on us today. <laughs> Praise God. Ezekiel chapter 14. Are we there? He says the Old Testament. We'll get to the New. Don't worry. In fact, the New Testament is even worse. God even assigned demons to people. Can you imagine that? The New Testament is even worse. I'll show you that soon. Don't worry. You see how demons are possessing people. And you say, oh, you, 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 Satan, I, I command you. Oh, you powers of darkness. No, God sent them to you. Because you're pushing God away. God is saying, okay, since you push me away, I'll push something else to you. Ezekiel 14, are we there? Verse number 4 to verse number 10, are we there? Therefore speak unto them, and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Every man of the house of Israel, these are his own people, and these are not strangers. All the scriptures that we've been reading has to do with God's people, including you. Hallelujah. Every man of the house of Israel that, look at this, look at this, this is fearful. That set it, look at this, do you see that there? That set it up his idol in his what? In his heart. This is worst. You have an idol already in your heart. Before you pray to God, you already have that idol. Before you pray to God, you take a brother. You say, this is the one. I'm going to marry this guy. This guy, no matter what, I'll marry. Oh, you, you situation, I'm, I'm going to travel this year, no matter what. That visa, by hook or by cook, I will get that visa. In fact, I'm going to, I'm going, I'm going to move this time. You know, I'm going to do this. Whatever you decided to do, before you consult God, is already in your heart. Take note of this. Very interesting. It says, every man of the house of Israel that set it up his idol in his heart. What is an idol? Anything that is above God in your life is an idol. Your money might be an idol. A relationship that is ungodly might be an idol. Your own pride can be an idol. Arrogance can be an idol. Hallelujah. Disobedience and all these things can stand your way. Every man of the house of Israel that set up his idol in his heart. And put it. Look at this. You set up an idol. You put it a stumbling block. Of what? Of sin that is iniquity before his face. Your sin is before your face. Your iniquity is before your face. And come to the prophet. Then you go to a man of God. <laughs> and come to the prophet. 
don't look at what God is going to do. God says, I, the Lord, will answer him that comets according to the multitude of his idol. This should make you scared as a child of God. This should make you scared. He said, I go to the prophet. Say, prophet, see for me. Prophet, see for me. And the prophet, he, he, he saw the vision. He says, wow. Hey, I see, I see, I see an open heaven. I see an open heaven. Oh, the Lord will make a way. Oh, the, it's, a, it's a false prophecy, but it was what God gave to him. The prophesy lied to you. This God is not a joker, eh? There are things, there are ways. Sometimes you, 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 you. <laughs> God looks at your heart. He knows that you have your stumbling block. He knows that you have your iniquity. He knows, he knows, he knows the depth of your heart. He knows that you are willing, you, I mean, you are not willing to change. He knows that you don't love him. He knows that all that you are going to church for is because of the, 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 the position that you have. Or maybe because you are looking for a job. They said there is a businessman in that company. And then if you go there, he's a manager there and he goes to that church or you will get a job that is why you are there or they say if you go to a church you, you are going to get good sisters there to marry but you know very well you are not a good brother or they said well well if you go to church and 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 then you you, you just shout hallelujah and the man prophesied to you and and god will see you through but deep down in your heart you don't love god you don't obey the word of god you have no respect for God. You have no respect for the church. You have no respect for the man of God. So look at this now. God says, I will give a word to that prophet. So even whether it's a fake prophet, whether it's a true prophet, God will give him a word for you. A word that will destroy your life. God will give him a word that will damage you. God will give him a word that will bring you to death. God will bring him a word that will bring you to sickness and disease. God will bring him a word that will destroy your life. And you will be, you see, these are the reasons why sometimes you pray all kinds of prayer. Deliverance prayer. I'm a witch, a wizard. From my mother's house. Hey, fall down and die. Fall down and the God is saying, nothing is falling, nothing is dying. Look at it there. Can we go back to it? He says he put a stumbling block of his iniquity before his face. In other words, you have honor and respect of your iniquity more than God. You have honor and respect of your idol that is in your heart more than God. The Bible says, and come to the prophet, God says, I, do you see the Lord there? It's not small L and R-O-R-D-M. All in caps. Almighty God. I the L O R D capitals. I the Lord will answer him. How? I will answer him that comments according to the multitude of his idols. Which means that if you are coming, ah, uh, and you are bringing a wrong prayer to God, God will answer that wrong prayers, and that wrong prayers will destroy you or kill you. Your prayers, your snare, your prayers, your trap. So. Listen to this now. Stop chasing prayers. Stop going. Hey, pray, prayer collectors. Oh, I, I'm joining an online prayer. That man of God that is speaking in tongues, you don't know what he's saying. You join all night prayer. The man of God is living right. The man of God is obedient to God. The man of God is faithful. The man of God is God-fearing. And you put your head under his anointing. You put your head under his prayer, all night prayer. But you know very well that you still have your juju, your charm that you tied on your waist. You know very well that you still go every month and go serve a sangoma or a witch doctor or whatever you are doing. 
You know very well that you are committing abortion. You are sleeping here and there. You are sleeping with someone else's wife or someone else's husband. You know very well that you are changing figures at your places of work. You know very well that even the church that you go to, you don't like the pastor, you don't like the church, you don't like anything that has to do with God. You know very well that you are a rebel. You are disobedient to God. Everything that has to do with God, you don't like it. But you go, you put your head under an anointed man of God and he's praying for you. You know what you're doing? You are capturing destruction and death and sorrow and affliction for you, yourself. That is why at the end of his prayer, the moment you say amen, that means you agree. And he was speaking in tongues. You don't know what God was doing. The matter become worse and terrible. Haven't you seen men of God pray for people they die? We've seen it before. They pray for a problem, for the problem to solve, the problem got worse. And the man of God himself is confused. He doesn't know what was going on. What he didn't know was that God is saying, I will answer how? The answer is coming according to the multitude of the idol that is in your heart. So God is saying, you want to put an idol before me? I will teach you a lesson of how idols can do their thing. I will show you what it is like. Am I making sense to you this morning? Good. So you see, the danger is this. If you know that there is any iniquity, there is any sin, there is any ungodliness, there is any idolatry, there is any rebelliousness in you, there is any abomination, there is any stubbornness, there is any witchcraft, there is any wickedness, there is any, any occultism, there is any satanic practice, and there is any worldliness in you, deal with that thing first before you run to God to pray. Don't come to God and say, God, I need a job. I need a job. God, you must give me a job in the name of Jesus. You are using the name of Jesus and you know you don't live for Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. I hope I'm making sense to you this morning. The Bible says God will answer you according to the multitude of your idol. Look at Psalm 106. Psalm 106. We're playing with Bible this morning. Psalm 106. Thank you, Lord. Are you angry with me? If you don't love me, I love you. If you are angry with me, I'm not. I'm just a servant. Are we there? Psalm 106. Verse number 15. Are we ready for this? Verse 15. Look at this. Take it from verse... Take it from verse 13, 14, 15 to 16. Look at it so that you can understand the context. Hallelujah. Psalm 106 from verse 13 to 16. He said, they soon forgot his works. That is God. Hallelujah. You look at, take it from verse 12 in fact. He said, they believed, they, 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 he says, then believed they, his words, they sang his praises. <laughs> Praise the Lord. They sang his praises. Then soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel. They forget about his work. They don't wait for his counsel. But what? But lusted exceedingly. They lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. Verse 15. He gave them their what? Their requests. Whatever they asked for. He gave it to them. But look at the problem that comes with the miracle that they get. Whatever they asked God for, God gave it to them. But it didn't come like that. It comes with what? The thing came with a, a lot of bondage. But the Bible says, he sent linens into their soul. Some other translations say he sent disease. He sent sicknesses. He sent plagues. Your heart has gone away from God. You don't have any love for God. No desire for God or the things of God. But you are breaking heaven. Heaven must answer you. God says, I will answer. 
And the answer is coming with some baggage that will finish you. Praise the Lord. He gave them the request of their heart, but he sent leaning into their soul. He gave them the request of their heart, but he sent destruction. He sent failure. He sent, he sent sleepless light. Sleepless night. He sent a lot of affliction and disease. That is why I say your prayer can become your what? Your trap. You are the one who prayed for it and you got what you wanted. And you know you were not right. The question again is, who do you think you are? You said to God, he will not reign over me. All that I'm going to church for, if I don't care, I, don't, I just needed a miracle. I don't need, whatever the pastor will be saying, say, ah, whatever, ah. I was just waiting for the prayers. I was just waiting for the prayers. That's why I'm not interested in praying for anybody. I'm not to. God, I don't know you. I don't know your life. I pray general prayer according to the leading of God. I pray for myself. But for you, I can only pray for you when God wants me to do it. But other than that, you have to learn to pray for yourself. Because my prayer for you might become a destruction to you. You don't even know. So since you know your life, you know yourself, I'm begging you, stop collecting prayers from men of God. Oh, man of God, prophesy for me. Oh, prophesy for me. They'll tell you, yes, uh, I see, I, I see a, a sunrise in your life, brother. I see a new dawn. Oh, it's going to be well with you. As you go for that interview, oh, you're going to be okay. You don't know that the interview that you are going for is a gallow for your destiny, a gallow against your, your family. You go for the interview, even pass the interview. And when you get into that job or you get into that thing, that's become the, 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 the platform for your destruction. It's near. The trap. And you know the interesting thing about the kingdom of darkness? Satan will never tell you that he's going to hurt you. That's the worst thing. The Bible says he has disguised himself as an angel of light. He's never tell you that my plan is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Satan will never say that. If it was Jesus that revealed that, Satan never said that. He said that is what the devil has come to do. So when he comes to you, he will smile. When he comes to you, he will give you gifts. When he comes to you, he will support you. The man will come to you and say, you know what? You know, you know I'm a nice guy. You know I'm so cute. You see my car. You see my house. I will make, I will, I, in fact, I will cause you to enjoy heaven on earth. You're not going to break your head for anything. Everything will be fine. You know, just say yes, I will. And just marry me for better and for worse. And, and life will be easy. I have my business. I have my, he never told you he's an occult man. He never told you he's engaged in occultic practices. He's giving out people, human beings, as rituals. He never said that. Not until you go, you marry him, and the first day he told you, you know what, don't enter this room, please. You can go anywhere in this house, but this one, don't enter this particular room, don't go there. You begin to ask, but honey, why? He says, shut up! Don't ask me that nonsense. Uh -uh. Then you begin to speak in tongues. Ah, the Lord says, ah, speaking in tongues doesn't work at this time. You finish. You missed it already. The pastor warned you, you didn't take advice. I gave you a dream. I gave you a revelation. Your friend spoke to you. The pastor preached. You never understood what was going on. You said you wanted a man that looks good and beautiful or handsome or wealthy now. Look at it. You, you are in, you cannot go out. Praise the Lord. And now you begin to bind all the bindables. It's not working. Listen, one of the worst things that you do or we do as believers these days, is that we go into battle unprepared. It is only when we get into the battlefield, that is when we begin to practice. We begin to try to learn how to do things. No. 
A good soldier will be practicing and training and building his physique and trying to develop himself before he gets into the battlefield. So the moment he got into the battlefield, he, know, he knows what to do and he knows it's the time to what? To fight, to make war. But many have become victims in the midst of the battle. Why? Because they don't know what to do. Let me show you another trouble. Another trouble is in Ezekiel 33. Hallelujah. Ezekiel 33. Verse 30 to 31. Ezekiel 33. Thank you, Lord. Am I making sense to you this morning? Your prayer can be your trap. Are we there? So let's pray. Pray for what? Ezekiel 33, verse 30 to 31. Hallelujah. It says, also thou son of man, the children of thy city still are talking against thee by the walls and in the doors of the houses. <laughs> they are told, they are gossiping about the church, gossiping about the pastor, gossiping about what's going on in the body of Christ. You are joining those who are sitting online, you are watching all those nonsense that they are talking against pastor. Oh, this pastor did this, this pastor did that. You don't know anything about the pastor's life, whether it is true or not, and then you are sharing. And then you are sharing. As you are sharing that problem, that's how you are sharing your own problem. That's how you are sharing your own trouble. And before you know, the more you share, the more your own trouble increases. Praise the Lord. And the Bible said, they are in their houses, they are talking against thee by the walls and in the doors of the houses. And they speak one to another, everyone to his brother. What are they saying? Saying, come, I pray you. And hear what is the word that cometh forth. Look at this. From the Lord. They are even talking about God. <laughs> Make it for. <laughs> Look at the master. Look at what he's saying. Look at him. He's trying to frighten people. He's trying to make people feel like that. He's trying to, you're, you're talking all kinds of things and making fun. Congratulations. Keep on doing it. Keep on, keep on, keep on. Hallelujah. I pray you come and hear what is the word that cometh forth from the Lord. That is what they were saying. Verse 31 down to 32. And they were going to see the end. It says, then, it says, and they came, and they came unto thee as the people cometh. And look at it. Verse 31 is what I'm reading now. And they come unto thee as the people cometh. And they sit before thee as my people. Look at this. They sit before. Oh, this is terrible. They sit before thee as my people. Look at this. These are not unbelievers. These are who? God's people. Do you see that there? They sit before thee as my what? My people. And they hear the words. They hear the word preached. But look at the problem. What is the problem? But they will not do them. They will hear the word. They will not do it. The, the man of God is preaching. Preach it. Preach it. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Preach it, man of God. Fire. Fire. Prophesy. Prophesy. You will hear it. You are you're shouting. You are just emotional. You are excited, but you don't obey. You are just like the unbelievers. Hallelujah. You are just like supporters that are away downtown and then maybe see what Toronto FC is playing. All that they do is just a shout. Go! Go! But you cannot kick anything. You cannot do anything. You just shout. Spectator. That would not be your case in Jesus' name. They hear, they sit before thee as my people. They hear my word or thy word, 
but they will not do them. Then look at the worst case scenario. It says, for the, with their mouth, they show much love. With their what? With their mouth. Oh, everything is about love. God is a loving God. Yes, this is the loving God now that will deceive you. He says, I will send the spirit of, de of deception upon you. Oh, he's a loving God. He's a God that is he's a God of judgment too. Oh, he's a loving God. Oh, every, everything you talk about is love, love. And let me, let me, let me break some things down. And that is what we're seeing now. People are living the life that is abominable unto God. They will tell you, oh, show some love. Show some love. Show some love. The guy is disobeying God, but he's telling you to, oh, show some love. Show some love. You know, you know, our world now should be, it's, it's, it's a time of love. It's a time of love. We should show love. Or we should be nice to each other. We should be kind. These people who are telling you about love, they don't love God and they don't even love you. That is called manipulation. It's from the pit of hell. Sometimes even what they call love is actually lost. What they call love is greed. What they call love is abomination. How can you take an abominable thing and put it in the face of God? You say it's love. We're changing the system. We're changing the culture. We're changing the lifestyle. We're changing the rules and regulations. We're changing the principles of marriage. We're changing everything in our world. And then we'll go back to God and say love. You know, that's insulting. That is very insulting. Imagine you as a woman, your husband marry you. He's cheating on you. He's doing all sorts of things and he's disrespectful to you and he's maltreating you and at the same time he imprisons you in the house and say, oh, then he comes back to you and say, show me some love, show me some love, show me some love. Are you going to say, oh, baby, I love you, darling. Oh, my lovey, dovey. Are you going to do that? You don't, you don't do that. Humanly speaking, with your conscience, you know something is wrong. I can't tolerate this anymore. He says, but they will not do whatever God gave them as an instruction to do. For with their mouth, they show much love with their mouth. Talkative. Look at it. He says, but look at the worst case. The worst case is that their heart goeth after their what? Covetousness. So now let me explain this dangerous point to you. If you know that your heart is full of covetousness and you don't love God, but your heart is full of covetousness and you don't love God, don't come out and pray for God to answer your prayer. You are bringing that covetous desire to God that God will grant you an answer. You are bringing that greed, that desire of greed to God that God will answer. You are bringing that which you know very well is against the word of God, but you want God to answer that prayer. That is what you are doing. What an insult. What an arrant nonsense. You know the Bible said thou shalt not lie. But you are lying and believing that God will move in the midst of that lie and solve your problem for you. Indeed he will move. And when he moves, he will move against you. Because that is tempting Christ. You know you are snatching someone else since her husband. You are going with this guy and you know very well he is married. But yet you are praying, oh Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that this relationship will work. I pray right now, every woman that is standing in my way, let that woman die. Oh God, I pray in the name of Jesus that this, this divorce will work, that they will separate themselves. Oh God, that this man, I will not miss him. God says, ah, you want it to work? I'll let it work for you. I'll let it work. I'll let it work. It's someone else's wife. You're praying against her. Someone else's husband. You are praying for him. And God says, okay, I'm going to deal with you in a different way. Not until you got pregnant for him, 
Or you thought now, oh, now that I have a baby for him, he's going to leave the, the wife. What you don't know is that he carries a venereal disease that is un incurable. And you go to the doctor with the pregnancy, they check your blood, they say, ah, you are infected. You say, oh my God, oh my God. You're shouting, my God, my God, say you got the gift you wanted. You were praying for it, you receive. Praise the Lord. You see this God that we're praying to? He's not a joker, eh? This God, sometimes what we do, we take the mercy of God and place with it. We take the love of God and place with it. We take all the forgiveness of God, we place it. You don't know this God. When this God got angry, he can open the earth and dump everyone inside and close it like that, quietly. When this God got angry, he killed the entire race, human race, only eight, eight people, one family that were left. Noah and his people. That's all. Finish even the animals, he finished everything. You don't know this God. When Noah got into the ark, it was God that closed the ark, not Noah. They beg, they pray, they cry, they pray all manner of prayer. It doesn't work. They died a wretched death. This is the God we're serving. Don't joke with him. God is not a joker. You are the one that is joking. What we do sometimes, we play with the mercies of God, play with the blood of Jesus. Oh, he, he died for me. Oh, we are under the dispensation of grace. It is this same God under the dispensation of grace. It's the same God that will put demon in your life to finish you. You don't believe that? You don't believe that? Look at 2 Thessalonians. But we'll get there. Let me show you, let me show you something before we get to 2 Thessalonians. The Bible says here, let me go back to the same um, 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 number, uh, Ezekiel 33, verse 31 is what I'm reading now at the end. It says, The mouth, he said, For with their mouth they show much love. It says, But their heart goeth after their covetousness. So the problem here is their heart condition. Their heart is not right. All that they are asking God for is worldly things, ungodly things, abominable things, covetousness. And this is the greed that is, that is being saturated in the body of Christ today. When you go to a church, you don't hear a man of God preach about eternity. They don't preach about Jesus. They don't preach about God's grace. They don't preach about, they don't preach about um, the word of God. What they preach about? Oh, the Lord will prosper you in the name of Jesus. Oh, there's going to be a way now. Oh, God is going is to turn your enemy upside down. Oh, God is, is going is to bless you. Oh, you will prosper. Oh, you shall be a... That is all the kind of nonsense. So people have no mindset about being holy, being consecrated, being faithful to God, be obedient to God, and be serious with their work with God. All that they are concerned about is that God will bless you in Jesus' name. You say, Amen. You will be the head and not the tail. Amen. Is anybody shout hallelujah? You say, Hallelujah. You say, All my enemies will die. All my enemies will die. You say that they will die. You say that again. They will die. You say that again. They will die. You say, Shout hallelujah. You are clapping. You are clapping, but you are dying too. You are clapping. You are clapping. You are dying also. Because God knows that your heart is not right with him. You are only in church for a reason, a purpose. And that purpose has to do with your covetousness. What you want. A lot of people don't go to God because they love him. They are not in church. Some people are in church because they are sick and they want God to heal them. Not because they love God. I told you a testimony several years ago. Around 1980. I will never forget. 1889. I was at the central church with one of our pastors there, back home. And this woman came with a very serious, severe pain, belly pain, and then she was having all these cramps and she was bleeding. And she went one, one, one Friday night, we prayed, and the pastor there, I will never forget Pastor Joseph Ayola, late Pastor Joseph Ayola. He prayed that day, the woman got here. She went back home. 
The next day, she was she was living close to the pastor. She always passed by. The pastor said, "Ah, sis, I haven't seen you in church since the day you gave the testimony." The woman said, "Ah, pastor, I was sick, but now that I'm well, I don't have any reason to come to church again." I thank God God has healed me. That was the end of our church service. That was the end. Since that day, that woman didn't go back to church. I don't know how her whereabouts now, whatever her case might be. But she said, I was sick, and I got there, and I got healed, and I don't need to go back anymore. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? People will only pray when they have a problem. They will only read the Bible. They will only fast when there is a problem. So if you don't have any problem, you don't need God. Ah, that's the culture in which we live in. So go, the, the Bible says, if you look at this account now, it says their covetousness was in their heart. They're not serving God because they love God. They're not serving God because they fear God. They're not serving God because they want to be with God. They are serving God because of their need. Their need, I need a job, I need a husband, or I need promotion, or I need to be wealthy, or I should name it and claim it. And the issue of prosperity and wealth and, 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 and making it this particular dispensation or this particular generation is being deceived because everybody wants to make it at all costs. It doesn't matter who, 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 who will suffer. Look at the New Testament, 2 Thessalonians. Maybe you think I'm just quoting Old Testament. Oh, we are under the dispensation of grace. Oh, no, we, 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 Jesus died. He paid it all. Even in, in fact, the New Testament is worst. Look at it. 2 Thessalonians. Are we there? We're looking at chapter 2. You don't joke with this God. The Bible says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sweat, that also shall he reap. Are we there? Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Are we ready for this? We're going to read verse 10 and verse 11. It says, and with all what? Deceivableness. You see that there? And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Do you see that? Because they receive not the love of the truth. Because they receive not the love of the truth. These are abominable people, deceiving people, people, unrighteous people, people who have decided they made up their mind that they're going to hell, they will perish. And they, the Bible says they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. What's going to happen to them? See what's going to happen to them. Verse 11. Can we read together again? What does it say? For this cause, because of their heart condition, what did God do? This is God doing it. This is God. This is not certain now. Eh? This is God doing this. What did God do? God shall send them strong what? Delusion. 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 Praise the Lord. And that they shall believe what? A lie. In other words, God is going to send them a spirit of decision. A spirit of deception. That spirit that will deceive them and they will believe a lie. If you read the book of Matthew 24, if you read the book of Revelation, the Bible says the same thing, that God is going to cause these people to have the spirit that will deceive them and that spirit will come and perform miracles, perform signs and wonders, and many will be deceived. The Bible also said that there are other set of people according to the book of Romans, I think Romans chapter 1 or chapter 2, that because they knew God and they do not 
honor him as God, the Bible says he gave them up to the, to the reprobate mind or the spirit of reprobation. Hallelujah. In other words, they lost everything. They, they ended up becoming a what? A victim. Romans chapter 1, verse 19. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The Bible says God gave them up. Look at verse 19 down to 21. I'll see 19, 20, 21. So you see in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 10 and 11, right? Hallelujah. 19, 20, 21. Romans chapter 1 now. It says, Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God had showed it unto them. Look at this now. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even the eternal power of Godhead, so that they are without excuse. They don't have any excuse. There's no human being that have an excuse. Oh God, but you know what? I was this or this because of that. No. Finally, verse 21, what does it say? Because that when they knew God, they knew God. This is worse now. They knew God. They glorify him not as God. You don't respect God as God. You don't treat God as God. You don't honor him as God. You don't believe him as God. You don't trust him as God. You don't obey him as God. They knew God and they glorify him not as God. Neither we are thankful, but because, but sorry, neither we are thankful, but became vain in their imagination. And their foolish heart was what? Was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and charged the glory of the uncorruptible God. They changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible. Hallelujah. Man and to, and to birds and forfeited beasts and weeping, weeping things. Wherefore also, look at verse 24, God gave them up, look at this, God gave them up to what? Uncleanliness. Do you see that there? God will give some people up to bondage. And when things like this happen, don't pray. Don't, don't bind devil because this has nothing to do with devil. God says you want to be unclean, I'll, I'll fix you up. You want to be abominable, I will give it to you. You want to worship idol? I will let you do it. You want you want to you want to you want to rebel against me? I will, I will let you have it your way, and you will pay the price. And this has been the problem of many people. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own heart to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. I pray that God will not give us up this morning. I pray that God will not give you up this morning. And I pray that your prayers will not be a trap to your life. You don't pray a prayer that God will get angry and cause you to suffer. Finally, look at 1 John chapter 3, verse 22, and we'll pray. 1 John. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I hope I bless you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. 1 John. Are we ready for this? Chapter 3. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 22. Chapter 3, verse number 22. Are we ready? He says, and whatsoever we ask. If I let's take it from verse 21. He says, Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence towards God. And whatsoever we ask, look at this. As children of God, whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. There's a reason why we receive what we ask. Look at this. He says, because 
we keep his word we keep his commandments so of, for, of course whatever we ask is going to grant unto us because we are obedient we are humble enough and we follow after his commandment and do those things that are pleasing in his sight because we keep his commandment and because we do those things that are pleasing in his sight the bible says whatsoever we ask he will what he will hear us praise the name of the lord whatsoever we ask we will receive of him he will grant unto us our heart desire our case will not be like those that the lord will release judgment upon them because of their covetousness in their hearts number one and then because they've decided that god will not reign over them i want to ask you a very sobering question this morning before we pray what is your heart condition like are you among those who have decided that God will not reign over you? Are you among those who have covetousness and you set your iniquity ahead of you? And you don't care about God, you don't care about the ways of God, but all that you're concerned that God will come and serve you and do things for you. And you don't want to obey his word, you don't want to live the life for him. Or are you among those that the Bible says will obey his commandment according to 1 John chapter 3 verse 22? You will please God and God will answer your prayers choose this day according to what joshua said to the people of israel who you will serve i want us to pray i am not praying for you this morning you are praying for yourself you are personally telling god lord have mercy lord change my heart condition lord my rebelliousness is an indication that i don't want you to rule over me i am wrong i am sorry i apologize my secret or my willful sinful practices has, 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 has affected my life. It's an indication that I've been rebelling that I don't want you to rule over me. My stubbornness, my worldliness, ungodly lifestyle, anything that has been in me that is compelling you away from me, that is saying I don't want you to rule over me. Lord, I apologize. I'm sorry. Lord, come and be Lord. Come take control. Come have your way. And let your will be done. That your prayers will not be an abomination unto the Lord. That God will not use your prayer as a snare, as a trap against your own life. So sometimes you may be praying a prayer of warfare against the enemy. But God is saying, this has nothing to do with the enemy. It's between me and you. That will not be your case in Jesus' name. It will be a case that when you lift up your voices unto the Lord, the Lord is saying, yes, he or she obeys my commandment. He or she did that which pleases me. And I will meet them at the point of their need. Shall we pray right now? Pray. Lift up your voices personally and cry unto the Lord. Search me, O Lord. You know my heart today. Try me, O Savior. Know my thoughts. I pray, Lord, see if there be some wicked ways in me. Cleanse me from every sin and set me free. Pray unto the Lord. Search me. 
Oh Lord God, and know my heart today. Lord, try me, oh Savior. Know my thoughts, I pray. Lord, see if there be some wicked ways in me. Oh, Lord, cleanse me from every sin and set me free. Can we do this together? Can we do this together as a family, as a church? That our prayers will not be an abomination unto the Lord. That God will not answer our prayers and send linens into our soul. He will not answer our prayers and take away our peace. He will not answer the prayer that will bring death, that will bring sickness, destruction, shame, and failure. Numbers, the Bible says, as truly as I live it, said the Lord, whatever you say unto my ears, that I will do unto you. In other words, God got angry and said, as from today, I'm not going to stop you to go down the wrong path, but I'm going to help you to do it so that you will get hurt and you get destroyed. Let that not be your case. Say this with me, there, Lord Jesus. I come before you, Lord. Lord, I am so sorry Deep down in my heart, I am wrong. Have mercy upon me. There is covetousness in me. In my mouth, I profess love. But deep down in my heart, there is greed, there is sin, there is iniquity that I set before you. Lord, I repent. I'm begging you, Lord, forgive me. I'm begging you, Lord, cleanse my heart. I'm begging you, Lord, purify and sanctify my soul, my spirit, my mind, my body. Lord, I am wrong. You are right. And most of the time, I have been in trouble, not by the hands of the enemy, but because of your wrath against my life. Your judgment towards me had hurt and severed my life. Lord, I'm begging you. Lord, I'm sorry. Take away your wrath from me. Take away your judgment from me. Don't let it be as it was for Israel and Saul. Lord, I'm begging you. You reign over me. Lord, I'm begging you. Be my Lord. Be my God. Be my King. Be my Master. Lord, I'm begging you. Remove judgment over my life. Sometimes we pray against the spirit of poverty. But what we don't know is disobedience lord have mercy 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 have mercy upon my heart have mercy upon my life have mercy upon my soul have mercy upon my spirit have mercy upon my church. 
Have mercy upon my family. Have mercy upon my husband. Have mercy upon my wife. Have mercy upon my children. Have mercy upon my family. Have mercy upon my community. Have mercy upon my nation. Have mercy upon the body of Christ. Have mercy, Lord. 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 Our hearts are not right with you, but Lord, have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy. Lord, we are begging you, Lord. Have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy, Holy Ghost. Have mercy, Holy Ghost. We rebelled against you. We've disobeyed you. We've kicked against your word. Have mercy, Lord Jesus. Have mercy, Holy Ghost. Have mercy, Almighty God. Pray in the spirit right now. For five minutes, just pray in the spirit. Let your mercy, O Lord God. Let your grace and your glory, Lord. 
Miseria Mandaraba, Gentrebe Sobrebe, Les Mercy Prevail over Judgment, Mercy Lord, Mercy Lord, Mercy, Mercy Lord, Mercy Lord, Mercy, Mercy Lord, Mercy Lord, Mercy, Have Mercy Lord, Have Mercy Lord, Mercy, Have Mercy Lord, 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 Mercy Lord, Mercy, Have Mercy Lord. Lord God Almighty, have mercy, Holy Ghost, have mercy, Lord Jesus, have mercy, Lord, upon our lives, have mercy, Lord, upon the church, have mercy, Lord, upon my life, have mercy, Lord, upon your life, have mercy upon the body of Christ, oh God. Have mercy, Lord God Almighty. That Father, we will not take you for granted. We will not take you for granted. We will fear you, O God. We will love and fear you, O God. Many of us proclaim your love, but we don't know your judgment. We proclaim your love, but we don't know your wrath. We proclaim your love, O God, but we don't know your anger. Father, Lord, don't be angry with us, O God. Father, Lord, don't be angry with us, O God. Father, don't judge us, Lord. We are begging. Have mercy, have mercy, have mercy. Oh, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we pray we come before you with a perfect heart. Like your word says in Psalm 24, who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in the holy place? They that had cleanness and a pure heart. Who had not lifted up their souls unto vanity. Lord, we are begging, Lord. Le kadus evremenesh. Le kadus epripatus derebi yamba ambaragis. Mambra begelukatere de mambra didia. And now we Thank you, Lord. Whatever way we've missed it. Lord, have mercy. Have mercy, Lord. Be thou glorified. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Blessed be your name. So riba prata kushkandiri, o shavra katalaga, ile derebus kampre deribiria, shompri bataya kali, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Where would I go? Oh, where would I go? Seeking a refuge for my soul. Needy a friend to help me till the end. Where could I go but to the Lord? Oh, where could I go? Where could I go? Seeking a refuge for my soul. Lead me a friend to help me till the end. Where could I go but to the Lord? Where could I go? Where could I go? Where could I go? Seeking a refuge for my soul. Need thee a friend to help me till the end. Where could I go but to the Lord? Lord, we're running back to your holy hands. We're running back, O oh God, to your pure hands. We're running back, O oh God, to your loving hands. 
Lord, cast us not away from your presence like the psalmist David says. Take not your Holy Spirit away from us, O God. Restore unto us the joy of your salvation. Renew your right spirit within us. Thank you, Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Beloved, God richly bless you. God bless you. God bless you. We thank God for his loving kindness, his mercy, and his word. I'm going to kindly ask you to share these messages out there to your loved ones, friends, and family members that they will get to know the Lord and be saved. And keep us in your prayers as we do likewise for you. And join us on Friday for our prayer and the word session. And uh, we'll start at 7 p.m. to run to Canada time. And to meet again, have yourself a godly weekend. We love you. And uh, feel free to some of you that may want to be a blessing to support the work. The informations are on our website. You can go on our website, uh, Faithling Bible Church, Toronto, Canada. And all the details are there if you want to be a blessing to support us. And also at the same time, if you want to be part of the fellowship, the address is there. And uh, feel free to come by us. The work is available, the church is open, and we love you. Have yourself a wonderful and a godly weekend. Amen.